Trading Nut episode 197. I would say concentrate on one instrument. Okay. Forget about forget about trading this and that and this and that and this and that. Stick to one instrument. Now, me personally, I personally recommend a future. So I don't care what it is. The Dow, the DAX, the FTSE 100, whatever. Or if you really love stocks, just trade that one stock. Okay. But here's the biggest bit of advice I would give you, especially when trading stocks. Forget about the pre-market analysis. Don't bother doing research on, on, on the stock because it's irrelevant. Because it's going to do whatever it wants when it opens in anyway. So therefore, you have to just trade what you see in front of the screen. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins. And, well, it's actually just not another one. It's three away from 200, so we're getting very close to that 200 mark. Um, thank you so much for being a subscriber, a member, a follower, a listener, whatever you are. Um, thank you very much. Now, today, folks, we've got Eduardo Sambora coming up. Now, he is a stock index trader who started trading later on in life. In fact, he lost his job and trading has pretty much saved um, his butt from the job that he probably wanted to leave in the first place anyway. So you're going to hear uh, from Eduardo in a second. But before we do, there's three things I want to tell you about before we kick into this. Number one, um, we're building out at Lord Banks and CJ's trading strategy as part of my Robot Builders Club. So if you remember those guys, they were on the show not so long ago. Um, we're building it out. It's a breakout strategy. And uh, if you do want to get access to that and take part in it, it's part of the Robot Lab Live, which you can join, or my Robot Builders Club, either way you're going to get access to that. Um, now, if you don't really know what it's about, go and check out the free giveaway I've got, which is based on the Larry Williams Indicator. It's a trading robot. Um, you're going to see what I do around teaching you how to build trading robots as well. Okay, number two, we've got new live streamers here on the channel. So DoviFX, Matthew Todd, Connor Skeet, all past guests of the show have jumped on and are giving us some live stream content during the trading week to help with your trading. So go and check that out on the channel. Hit subscribe, hit like, so you don't miss out on those. And last but not least, we've got a new Smart Money Concept series with a bit of a twist from Aerial FX. So that's coming up this uh, weekend. The first one drops. So these guys are doing a trade prediction plus a recap and some education all bunched into one. Um, so it'll be a nice little video, especially if you are a Smart Money fan. So the before and after is going to be fantastic. We'll track those as well. All right, guys, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Eduardo Sambora here all the way in Malta, Italy. So welcome to the show, Eduardo. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, look, um, I know you're a stock index trader, so you trade the, the Dow and the FTSE. Uh, is that right? On a daily basis. But we're going to to start off with, before we get into the detail around that, we're going to get into your backstory as to how you got started in trading and, uh, and yeah. to where you are now. Of course. So I've been in the market for about four and a half years. Um, I've traded every single style. I've traded stocks. I've traded a lot of different things. And 
this is what you need to do. You need to try different elements. You need to try different approaches. And I'm kind of at a stage now where I'm a full-time trader after four and a half years. I actually became a full-time trader two years ago. It's a very difficult journey. It's an extremely difficult journey. But um, the likes of myself is a wonderful example of the opportunities that are absolutely limitless in the stock market. It is a hard journey and you do have to be, you do have to be very cautious in terms of the approach that you take. So for example, it's so important that you get educated. Okay, because for the first for the first year, I tried to educate myself. Lost money, realized that I had to get educated. So I actually joined a trading community to get educated. Once I was in that community for about seven months, I became con- consistently profitable. And then eventually I got to a stage where I actually quit my job. So next month on the 11th of October, it'll be two years since I quit my job and became a full-time trader. Okay, so almost two years and the, the two years has gone in so quick. I also have a trading community as well. So I've got a, a trading community where I train my students to to basically have my approach in the stock market, so short-term approach. And I have 600 students from all over the world, and it, it grows on a regular basis. And, you know, it's a hard journey. It's a very, very difficult journey. But people do that. People that do actually stick in, get educated, and continue to evolve will get to a stage where maybe they don't want to be a full-time trader, but they can have some kind of consistency in the market where they can get returns on a regular basis. But what, what I'm, I'm quite interested in is, is hearing your journey because from, from, I suppose, somebody who's worked for most of their life, and you're, I think you're around about my age, where I saw somewhere, um, and you've made that transition to trading, which in most cases is really difficult. And I think that's where a lot of people listening get stuck because they... They're yeah. in a day job. They're supporting a family. They're like got oh, kids or whatever. They've you know they've got responsibilities, mortgages, and they've got to tra- transition to well, I want to do have this um, side income through trading. Can you talk us through a little bit about how that transition happened and and how you were able to sort of cope with it? Yeah. So I mean, I was in a business for roughly about twenty years, the distribution and logistics business, and I worked my way up from the bottom to middle management. Um, because I wanted to stay in my lane. I wanted to be a good employee. I wanted to do what society told me that I should be doing, that my parents told me, and their parents and their parents. So I thought this is the, this is the, this is the right path, get a good job. You know, I, I worked for a major global distribution company, so I thought I was safe, fantastic job. And I guess after kind of 15, almost 20 years in that business, my eyes were opened all of a sudden, it's like one day I woke up and realized, you know, what am I doing? I'm literally living to pay the bills. I, I get to go on a holiday once a year, and I'm grateful that I can actually do that because I know a lot of people that can't even afford to go on holiday. And I just kind of thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I don't want to live like this. I, I don't want to see myself in 20 years' time still doing the same thing because I used to work with guys that were 20, 30 years older than me. They hated their jobs. Every day they came in, they were so depressed. And I said to myself, I, I, I can't do this. I, I want to live. So I literally came across retail trading by mistake. Now I'd already, I, I had always had, you know, some interest in the stock market, but I never thought somebody like me 
could actually get into it because I didn't know that this actually existed. So I literally found it by accident on YouTube and I just got involved. I have, um, I have OCD and I also have an addictive personality. So when I, when I focus in on something, I'm totally obsessed with it. Totally obsessed. For example, I train. So I do martial arts. I run. I do other stuff. I train five days a week. Even if I'm sick, I don't care. I train. I'm obsessed. So if I'm passionate about something, I'm totally obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. I wake up, think about it. When I'm going to sleep, I dream about it. I just got completely fixated with this opportunity of imagine being able to sit in your home on a computer and make money and not have to work for the man. That concept literally blew my mind. It blew my mind. And I done a lot of research and eventually got to the stage of trying to teach myself. You can do that, but it gets to a point where you then have to become educated by, by somebody that actually knows what they are actually doing. Because when you, when you try and teach yourself, you trip yourself up so many times. And if you're trading with real money as I was, you, you just continuously lose it all. So a lot of people give up at this stage. A lot of people give up. But because of my personality, I had already said to myself, I, I, had, I had convinced myself once I had started this journey, I convinced myself that this was my only way out. Right? I, I literally used to say to myself, this is your only way out. You have to make this work. If you don't make this work, you're going to be in the same job in 10 years' time. You're going to get up in the morning. and Because I hated my life, right? I hated my life. I used to wake up in the morning and just dread the fact that I had to go and work in this place because I hated my job so much. But I was stuck there because it was a very good job. I was a manager. You see? So it, it, it's, a, it's a vicious, vicious circle. You get into a job. You do very well at this job. You get to a certain level. You make good money. And then you're stuck, you're stuck, you're stuck. It's like somebody described it to be like being in the mafia. Once you get in, you can't get out. Yeah. And it's in the, in the industry that I was in, that's exactly what it was like. So, yeah, it was a difficult journey. The first year, it was predominantly um, just trying to get educated. Then I went with real money, lost it all, blew two accounts, joined the trading community. Once I, once I realized that I had to get educated properly, I, I joined the trading community got educated, and then after seven months of being in that community, I started to become consistently profitable. Now, what I will say is people put a lot of emphasis on how long have you been trading? So somebody might say, I've been trading a year, and now I'm a full-time trader. And somebody might go, I've been trading for a year, and I'm nowhere near it. So when people hear this timescale, what I want to say about that is the amount of work that I put in in a year somebody else might have put in a two or three years because I have this addictive personality because I'm, I'm completely obsessed. On my day off, I would literally, because I worked at weekends, I had a day off during the week, I would literally sit with Bloomberg on, the chart open, you know, some music in the background, and I would literally watch a chart for eight hours. Most people that I know can't even sit in front of a chart for an hour. I would look at it for eight hours because I have this addictive personality. So it kind of went on like that after seven months of being consistently profitable. At that point, a year and a half, coming up for two years of actually being in the business, I started to see consistent returns and it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And I kind of got to the stage where I was thinking to myself, wow, 
I'm actually making consistent profits here. I can actually maybe think about going full-time in, in a year, something like that maybe. I was thinking to myself. And I guess in the June or July of 2019, no, sorry, 2020, in the July, I was thinking to myself, right, at the end of this year, I'm quitting my job and I am going to go full-time because I'm making enough money now um, on a regular basis to sustain my lifestyle. I, c- I can do it. Fantastic. Literally, maybe a month after me deciding that I was going to do that, I was told that I was getting made redundant oh, from man. my job. It, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the, yes, that's exactly why. In the October. Now, everybody else that I worked with, because we were, we were speaking on WhatsApp and what have you, they were all going, oh, no. And I was sitting there going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the best, because the best I'm thinking, present because I'm thinking, Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, right, I've been with this company for like seven, eight years. They're going to give me a very good redundancy package, right, which, which they did. And I'm thinking to myself, this is brilliant. I was, I was going to quit at the end of the year. And anyway, now they're going to make me, now they're going to make me quit even earlier. Not only do that, but they're actually going to give me a big lump sum, which they did. Yeah. Um, so on, on the 11th of October, 2020, that's when I became a full-time trader. Wow. Um, and I've oh. been full-time ever since. And I guess maybe one to two months after becoming full-time, I actually opened up and created my own trading community and as i said now i have 600 traders after almost two years and i have over a dozen of them traders that are also now full-time traders since joining my community so awesome now, what i want to hear about is how you manage the, the the day job and the trading uh to get to the point of being consistently profitable yeah very very difficult so first of all i actually used to work shifts so i used to work a day shift back shift and a night shift so I've done literally two weeks of each. So there was, always, there was always a point where I could trade. So for example, when I was working a day shift, I couldn't scalp the European Open or the US Open because I was working. So instead, I would intraday trade on the Dow Jones, typically, or the FTSE 100, depending which showed more volume. Um, if I was a back shift, I managed to scalp the FTSE 100 on the European Open, but I couldn't scalp the Dow Jones on the US Open. So then I would intraday trade the FTSE 100. Yeah. So then when I was night shift, I used to set my alarm, maybe sleep for four hours, five hours, get up just to trade the US Open, trade it and go back to sleep. So I literally, I literally, listen, I said to you at the start of this, I'm obsessed. I have an obsessive personality. So when I get fixated on something, I'm 100 to it. Like I, I stick to it like glue. I, I, I made it work. Yeah, I and made it, it work. It's because... interesting. It's interesting because how did you make it work though? Did you consciously say to yourself, right, I've only got this amount of time because I've got a shift, blah blah blah. What am I going to do pre doing it, or did you actually just sort of, I've got some free time now. I'm going to jump in and see what market's happening. I just, I just kind of figured it out because the community that I was in, and um, my mentor scalp traded and um, the U.S. Open. And that's predominantly what he'd done. So when I was working certain shifts, I couldn't do that because I was working. So I kind of started to say to myself, right, okay, if I'm going to make this work, I can't scalp the US Open sometimes because I'm working. What else can I do? And then I started to realize that, oh, you can swing trade. Oh, you can positional trade. Oh, you can invest. Oh, you can hedge. Oh, you can intraday trade. 
So then I just started to mix the whole lot up and I tried it all. I tried swing trading. I tried positional trading. I tried hedging. I tried long-term investing. And I found what worked for me eventually. So where I am at now, after four and a half years in the business, I literally scalped the FTSE 100 on the European Open. I scalped the Dow Jones on the US Open. Either side of that, if the setup is correct, I intraday trade the FTSE 100 and I intraday trade the Dow Jones. I don't do any of the other stuff. So basically what I done was I, I got all of these different ways of trading, put it into a pot, stored it up and made what could work for me, you know, and fit it around my, my own personal circumstances, around my job. You know, my son was quite young at the time, so I had to make sure that it, it, it fit around that as well. I just made it work. I, I made it work. And what sort of things were you like mixing together? I mean, what education did you get from the original community you joined versus what you've discovered yourself? Uh, and how did yeah. you pull those things together? So basically, predominantly in the community that I joined, it was scalp trading. But you were also taught how to intraday trade and swing trade as well. So I basically, I'm one of these people that takes ownership for myself. So I like to, I like to go off and find out things for myself. My brain works better that way. Whereas if you show me how to do something, it'll probably take me three or four times longer. Whereas if you just say to me, go and figure that out, you know, the way my brain is wired, I'll figure it out a different way in my own way. If I try and do it your way, it'll take me much longer. But if, 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 if I adapt my approach and my thinking, I'll make it work for myself. Mm. And so what I've done was I just started to experiment. I started to experiment with intraday trading. You know, what kind of position size could, should I use? What should I look for if the price is this, if, if the price is that? Should I be looking at macroeconomics? Should I be looking at is it a risk-on day? Is it a risk-off day? What's the sentiment? What's the rhetoric? What's the global sentiment? All of this kind of stuff. I just started to put it all together and making, obviously making a lot of mistakes, learning from that. Um, you know, for a long time, because of these shifts that I was doing, it was predominantly swing trading. Mm. And I was, I was big into macroeconomics. So looking at, looking at market sentiment, risk on, risk off, right. not, not just in the US, but, you know, I would get up early in the morning, have a look at the Asian session. What's the Asian, Asian session like? Oh, it's a risk off day okay, there's a good chance then when the FTSE 100 opens that that's going to be a risk-off because that market is going to be influenced by that market. Oh, and one, when the US open opens, it's probably going to have the same effect because the previous two markets were also risk-off. So they all have right. an influence. So I just started to work on all of these different things. I just made it work for myself through making a lot of mistakes. Obviously, I lost money. I blew up two accounts. But I just... I just stuck with it. Yeah. I stuck with it, and eventually I got there. And and so, I'm interested to find out like what 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 made you blow up the accounts in the first instance? Was it just uh, was it emotion? You know, mindset? Was it uh, was it risk management? Was it uh, the trading approach? Such an it's, do you know what for me with the experience that I have, it's such an easy question to answer. Risk management, right? right? Because I might have nine trades in a row where I'm consistently profitable. And I'm talking about at the start of the journey, okay? Because I don't think like this anymore, but I used to. I used to think to myself, oh, I've got this. I've just had nine. I've not had a red trade for two weeks. I have this. I'm the man. I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to retire. You know, I have this. I have this. I get, I get a trade, and it's, my, it's, it's, my, it's the setup that I've been using 
the market sentiment is roughly the same. So I'm thinking to myself, ah, I, I know exactly what's going to happen here. Then it starts to go against me. And then I'm thinking, mm, right, okay, I'll, I'll give it a little bit longer because I had this same scenario a couple of weeks ago and I came out green. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what's going to happen. And then you lose a little bit more and then you think to yourself, oh, okay, l- let this run just a little bit more and then I'm pulling the plug. And then, and then it goes quite hard against you and then you're in a big loss and then you're thinking to yourself, oh, okay. Uh, and then I used to say to myself, there's no way I can take this hit in my account. This is, this is nearly 50% of my account. I, I can't take this hit. It's too much money, right? It's too much money. So then I'm thinking to myself, well, there's no point in closing this position now. I'm going to lose half of my account. I might as well wait. What's the worst that can happen? Next thing you know, you blow your account and you're sitting there going, yeah, I can't believe I just done that. <laughs> Risk management, yeah. a, a, a serious lack of discipline. And I guarantee you, every single trader that blows their account, I guarantee you they will tell you the same story as what I've just told you, is that you just wouldn't accept that on that trade, you were wrong yeah. and you should have taken the loss. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it myself many times. Um, we now, all have. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, the it seems like you know, you're one of these sort of rare traders who was able to find one community and make that work whereas you know people try you know this course that course the other course how did you find this community and what i mean can you reveal what what one it was yeah absolutely absolutely um so the guy's name is zed monopoly so zed um was my mentor for about a year and a half i listen i found him purely by chance i was going to youtube yeah i went to he's from dublin ireland the exact same town as me i was living in a different country I didn't know the guy, but I came across him on YouTube, watched watched the video, and I'm like, I was thinking to myself, this guy's Irish, and this guy's from Dublin, I'm from Dublin. I'm like, this guy's from the same town as me, who is this guy? Got got to understand him, got to know him, joined, actually joined his course, um, and I, I actually only left his course when, when I went full-time myself, so uh, he taught me, he was my mentor for a year and a half, um, and there's, there's plenty of videos out there where, you know, I've, I've talked about the fact that I was in his community. So I was lucky enough to find his community because you're right in what you said. I know traders that have came to my community that went to different trading communities and, like, I'm the toured community they've joined because the, the other ones even, either didn't work or it didn't suit their style. Mm. So I was very lucky that the very first community that I joined was a very good community. Yeah. It, it is actually that is that is like literally you must have manifested it or something because that is pure luck. Most people, you know, you know, knock around the doors and I've never even heard of this person. So and I'm like, look, you know, I'm over two hundred traders, if not three hundred, and I've never heard of them. You you got to check him out. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna give too much away out about him. As all I can say is check him out. He's, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll check him out after this. He's doing. He's doing very, very well for himself. He's in. He lives in Dubai now. He's doing oh, very okay. well. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, um, well, we actually have had a yeah. couple of uh, Irish traders on the show. I think before. Were they from Dublin? I think so. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, now let's get into the. Um, the sort of like I suppose you've told us that you, uh, you know, got you've got this OCD that that's helped you get there. 
I mean, yeah. and you're working a day job. I mean, if, if you had to look at somebody else who didn't have OCD and was in that same position of working a day job, probably nine to five, not a shift work, make it hard for you. What what steps would you say, go ahead and I recommend trying to do this or do this? Well, first of all, what I would say is in order to have discipline in the stock market, you have to have discipline in your life. Okay, first and foremost. So you can't be undisciplined in your life and then all of a sudden come into the stock market and be disciplined, right? It doesn't work. It, it clashes. So first of all, you have to be disciplined in your life. So for example, you should be reasonably disciplined with, uh, with your diet, okay? You should be reasonably disciplined if you consume alcohol. You should also be, have a level of discipline in there as well. You can't not be disciplined in these things in your life and expect to take it into retail trading because in retail trading it's it, it's like life in itself because you have to deal with so many different emotions so that actually helps you it helps you if you go and train five days a week it actually helps you when you go and trade because all of a sudden without even thinking about it subconsciously what you're doing is you are actually taking this discipline from your diet and from your training and without you even realizing it, it's coming into your retail training. So that's the first thing I'd say. If you don't train or if you don't watch your diet, I recommend that you do it. It's good for your body, but more important than your body, it's good for your mind. What I would also say is look for a style that suits you. So as I done, I looked, I couldn't scalp, as I said, sometimes. So I had to look for different ways to trade. And that's what I would recommend to people that are working the nine to five you're probably not going to be able to trade the opens or you scalp the opens. So therefore you need to look at a different approach, intraday trading, swing trading. But what I will say is it doesn't matter because I worked three different shifts. So I worked like, like a 24 hour clock. So if I can do it, who worked three different shifts, somebody that works a nine to five job can also do it. Listen, there's a market in, there is a market open somewhere in the world. I don't care if you're in Dublin, Los Angeles, New Zealand, Japan, it doesn't matter where you are. There is a stock exchange open somewhere. And even if you don't get to scalp the actual open of the stock market, you can trade that stock market by intraday trading, swing trading, hedging, positional trading, whatever. So just look for what suits you. It's, it's there. There is a market open somewhere in the world. Just tw tweak it to suit your lifestyle. Like there's no point in me saying to somebody, scalp 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 and they're like that to me i can't i'm working you see what i'm saying yeah. so what, what my, my advice to people is in order to be successful in this business you have to mold it around your current lifestyle so your job you know if you're married you know kids whatever you have to mold it around that so the options are there swing trading positional trading hedging intraday trading scalping if you can that's my advice is just to go out and, and mold what suits you, what suits your own environment. And, and I'm going to pick like a, a, a person uh, after what you said before, somebody who's like realized, oh, you know, I've got kids in the evening. I've got, you know, my wife, I've got a you know, working. I mean, by the time we get home, I've got like, you know, three or four hours. I just don't have enough time, but they know that they could get up at five o'clock in the morning and set the alarm, which they don't. Instead, they get up at seven to get two hours in what what would be your advice to somebody who's not doing that and you think that that's like either a good time to trade or a good time to to do your education 
Listen, I come from a background of discipline. Um, I was I done martial arts and boxing since I was eight years old, so it was in it, it was it was instilled in me the importance of being disciplined in your life. So, for example, you know, if I, if I was going to do well in a fight, the only way I would do well is if I put my heart and soul into it and my time into it. So, if it meant getting up an hour early. If I wanted to do well in that fight, hey, that's what I had to do. And I've, that's the way I've been in my, in my life. So what I would say to anybody is, if you think that you can come in to retail trading and not give it 100%, you're very much mistaken. You're very much, you can't go into this half-hearted, right? You're going to lose all your money. It's like, it's like a fighter going into a fight who's not trained, who's not really up for it, doesn't really want to be there, doesn't really care if he's going to win. Have a guess what's going to happen to him. He's going to get hurt right? In our environment, in retail trading, the result is you're going to lose all your money, right? So see if you want to, first of all, when you first start this business, you shouldn't even be thinking about making money. You should be, you should be thinking about keeping the money that's in your account and not losing it all. That should be your first approach. As soon as you start thinking about making money, you've lost your discipline because then you're chasing mm. making money. What you need to be thinking about is if you have, just say, for example, you have $1,000 in your account, you should be saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to make sure that I keep my account above this $1,000. Worst case scenario, I'll let it go down to $900. You shouldn't even be thinking to yourself, I'm going to get it to $1,500 next week because that mindset is going to destroy it. So if you do not come into this industry and give it 110%, you're going to fail. See if it means that you get up two hours early for work. That's what you do. I used to have to set my alarm when I was on night shift and get four hours sleep. I used to drive half an hour home from work, take my son to school, drive back to the house, get into the get get into bed, sleep for four hours, get up, trade the US Open, go and collect my son, come back, cook dinner because my wife was out working, try and get a little bit of sleep in the evening and then go and work a night shift. I done that for month after month after month after month. And I knew to myself, I says to myself, if I'm not hurting, if, 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 the, if I'm not feeling this difficulty in doing this, if I don't find it a challenge, well, then nothing good is going to come out of it. Because if, if this can't happen easy. If this comes too easy, something's wrong. Yeah. Like, it's, it's unrealistic. So see the pain that I'm feeling? Like, I'm so tired. I only got four hours sleep. It's motivating me because I'm thinking to myself, when it, when it got to a Thursday, I had one more working day on a Friday. I was thinking to myself, thank God, I only need to... I, I used to have to get up at 4 a.m. for work, right? 4 o'clock in the morning, I used to have to get up. And I used to think to myself, this is the last day. I've got two <laughs> days off. But you know what? Sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. I guarantee you that anybody that has been successful, and it doesn't matter if it's trading, if you're a football player, boxer, chess player, painter, musician... If you do not put the errors in, if you don't suffer, you are not going to get to reap the rewards. Mm. I guarantee you, you won't. You just won't. Yeah. You have to go through the pain. You have to go through the pain. This is, that's, that's a great, I think, guys, go rewind 30 seconds, 50 seconds, whatever it is. Play that again because that's probably something that everyone overlooks with this particular industry and profession is that you've got to suffer. you got to, if you don't suffer, you're you're not going to get there. And I think that's where people are like, well, why, why do I need to suffer? All I'm doing is clicking a button. 
it shouldn't make any difference, right? If I suffer or not. I mean, I've just got to see the setup, click the button, easy. I think Listen, you're right, though. A... I think you're right. You've got to suffer through it. It is. There's, 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 there's pain that you have to go through. Um, Listen, now, I, I remember, just very briefly, I remember when I blew my second account. I'm a grown man, right? I was in my mid-40s. I was nearly crying because I lost all my money. That's how invested I was. I was so invested in what I was trying to do. It meant so much to me. I was nearly crying, mm. and I'm a grown man. And this can you is tell what us, talking about pain. Yeah, can you tell us, I mean, these these accounts, these first two accounts that you blew, I mean, are you able to tell us the sum of them or the yeah. amounts? One of them, the first the first one, <laughs> I started to trade trade oil, yeah? Do you remember Do you remember when oil went, it didn't even go to zero, it went to like minus yeah, $12 or something? Do, yeah. you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. So I remember, that's the first time I, I blew my account. Um, I took a long position because the... The governing body, what's the name of the governing body that, that deals with WTI again? They're based in oh, no the Middle East somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. But and anyway, the, there was some positive rhetoric coming out right. that week, right? And the market did have some gains. So I, I, I was a big macroeconomics guy at this stage, yeah? So I says to myself, yeah, I'll take a long position. Fantastic. A week, and I held my position. I was talking about the unwillingness to... Um, to not take a loss. This was the this was the first time I blew my account. I can't even remember what the price was. It might have been thirty odd dollars a barrel or something like that. I literally blew my account when it hit zero because I just refused to take the loss. And, and how totally much was, how much was that account? Um, I don't want to say actual numbers, but it was thousands. Okay, all right, fair enough. Um, okay, so so uh, let's jump into. Um, the uh, the trading that you're doing. So, do you want to break a typical week down now? Like, what's your what? what uh, yeah, break down. Um, I suppose. How do you break down your your day? You talked about like London Open, New York Open. How many trades in each of those sessions are you looking to take? Okay, so first of all, my approach is very disciplined. I, you know, I've just spoke about it in great detail. So my approach is very disciplined. I trade. I'm not, I'm not going to go into the actual mechanics of it um, because that's what my students get in my community, right? So I trade two patterns. Them two patterns occur on every single open and have done for years. Now, I didn't create these patterns. These patterns are there. But what I did was I identified these patterns and more importantly than identifying the patterns, what I done was I put a very strict set of rules around the patterns, okay? So... So first of all, what I do is when these patterns form, I actually trade the reversal, right? So I don't, I don't jump on the train, jump on the price action and, and ride it out. What I do is I actually trade the reversal. So I'm looking at um, support and resistance. I'm looking at minor rejections and major rejections, okay? That's, that's, that's what my strategy is. That's what my approach is. Now, if the setup is not there, I walk away, I don't trade. Simple as that. I only scalp the first five to 10 minutes of the open on the FTSE 100 or the Dow Jones. I scalp the first five to 10 Jeez, minutes. The reason, the reason for that is when the market opens, the FTSE 100 on the European open, Dow Jones on the US open, there's an initial influx of volume. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like you open a dam mm. and the water just rushes yeah. out. That creates volatility in the first number of minutes. Okay, it creates huge volatility. It creates huge candles. Spikes, pullbacks, 
reversals, all that kind of stuff. So it's a perfect time to scalp large positions on an open because you have that volatility. The volatility comes from the volume. The volume comes from the initial influx of volume when the dam has been opened and the stock market opens. Okay, so I actually prefer to trade the first five minutes scalping the open. At a push, 10 minutes. Anything after 10 minutes, I don't scalp. It then becomes an intraday trade. Why? Because after five to 10 minutes of the open, what you'll find is the majority of the time, the volatility dies down. The volatility dies down because the volume, the volume kind of smooths itself out. And now it's just kind of doing this instead of massive spikes because the massive spikes comes from the initial influx of volume that creates the volatility. So I do that. So first of all, again, I talk about discipline and what I teach my students is you're allowed two opportunities to take a trade on the open. If you're green on the first one, you must walk away. Don't go back in again. If you go back in again, have a guess what's going to happen. You're going to give your money back. Take the green position, walk away. If you want an intraday trade, that's fine. But do not scalp trade again until the next open, i.e. the Dow Jones on the US Open. If you are red on the first position, as traders, we all know, we can get faked out. Yeah, we can get faked out. We can, we can either enter position too early or too late. Our entry can be a little bit off. So what I say to my students, and this is what I do, if you're, red on the, if you're green on the first position, walk away. If you're red on the first one, have a look at it and say to yourself, my fault, I went in just a little bit too early. You're allowed one more opportunity to go back in, not to make back your money, but because your entry was wrong on the first occasion. Now, I know what people are going to think, my God, you're prepared to take one green trade, but you're prepared to take two red trades? No, because my approach is so disciplined that as soon as the position becomes distorted, you immediately take the loss. So in, in my community, we don't take big losses. We take small losses because as soon as the pattern becomes distorted, we immediately take a loss because here's how I put it. You can recover from a small loss very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, you can recover from a couple of small losses very, very quickly. But one big loss might take you a month to make back. So therefore, my strategy, my approach, and what I teach my students is cut the losing trades very, very quickly. And hey, see if you cut the losing trade and then you, you sit there and think to yourself, ah, I shouldn't have closed that. I, I was actually right. I was right. If, if it had held that position, I would have been green. What's the big deal? You took a small loss. You're going to get it back. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the approach is discipline, discipline, discipline. Take the green trade. And listen, the principle is the same when we take the green trade or scalp trading. I don't tell my students, oh, we're in the green. Let's hold this for the next five minutes. What's going to happen? You're going to be in the red. I go in. 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds, in, out, green, in, out, red. Okay, so when we, t when we do take the red positions, they're very small, they're very small losses. And because my approach has such a high win rate, you have to be profitable. The other reason that you're not going to be profitable is if you do not apply the strict risk management approach that I've adopted, i.e., yeah. when, when it becomes distorted, Take the loss. Yeah. Just take the loss. You'll get it back. What's the big deal? And so, so you're talking about five to ten minutes. So, I'm like in my mind, I'm just thinking, right? Okay, so there's maximum ten one-minute candles. 
So I know you're on C Trader because I've seen some of your videos. Are you using any of the other price charts to get like smaller time frames that you can try and get a, a better price at, or are you literally just on the one minute? No, I I if you if you look at all of my videos for the last few years, you'll probably see that 99.9% of them are on the one minute candle, and the reason for that is I've tried everything. I've tried, you know, when you have it in tick mode, where it's tick, 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 okay? I've tried the one minute, the five minute, the 15 minute. I've tried every single time scale, and it always came back to the one minute. That When I'm scalp trading, the tick is no good because you get faked out so easy. Tick, 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 tick. It doesn't, it doesn't give you a good enough sample of exactly what's happening. The one minute candle is the way forward, in my opinion, and that's what I teach all my students. When we are scalp trading, has to be the one minute candle because it's in real time you can see you can see the price action more importantly than that you can see the the support and resistance you can see the rejections you can see the minor rejections very well you can see the major rejections very well okay for me it's the perfect setup the one minute candle and what about the uh, higher time frames? Are you using any higher time frame analysis to get levels and zones and stuff like that? Yes. So I use the 15-minute time frame when I'm scalp trading. Now, now, here's the thing, okay? I've had some traders come into my community and because, you know, we, we discuss. Oh, that's the other thing, actually, I meant to say. When I trade at my students, I trade live with them. So I, they actually dial into um, a lounge and they actually hear me speak. So I actually trade live. So they will dial in and I will literally say, okay, market opens. And then I'll, I'll literally tell them, oh, it's very bullish. It's very bearish. Okay, look at this can. Look at the size of this. Look at these rejections. And because they know my strategy, they can probably tell when I'm going to enter yeah. because, because of, of how I've actually taught them. So I've actually had some new students coming in saying, when we're scalping the open, on the 15-minute time frame, it's looking very bullish. What I say to them, that doesn't matter. That's the 15-minute time frame. We're not trading in the 15-minute time frame. We're trading in seconds. We're trading in seconds. We're trading. We're, we're getting in and out in 5, 10, 15, 20 seconds. Like, if I hold on to a trade for a minute, that's an eternity, right? Right. Okay. It's, it's an eternity. Yeah, so you're literally because, in and out big time. Yeah. So, yeah. therefore, why, why, why would I use any other time frame other than the one minute? As I said, the tick is no good because it just it, it distorts it distorts exactly what's happening. Same with the 5, 10, 15-minute candles when you're scalp trading. It gives you a distorted um, perspective on what is happening. For mm. me, it's the one minute. But then when I do go to intraday trading, I go into the 15. And, and you talk about win percentage being quite high. I mean, what's that look like from a number point of view? So my, my actual win rate, and I've tracked this for a long time, is 83%. Okay, an 83% win rate. Okay. Now, I've had people say to me, wow, that's a very high win rate. And what I will say to them is, but the, the win rate is actually irrelevant. And they'll say to me, what do you mean it's, it's irrelevant? I'll say to them, the fact that I have an 83% win, win rate doesn't actually mean anything. And the reason that I say that is because see the other 17% that I'm losing. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I need, that's what I need to worry about. I don't need to worry about the 83%. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 83% is the easy trades where, where I've made a trade on green and I'm saying to myself, oh, that was easy, wasn't it? I don't need to worry about that. I need to worry about the losing trades. So therefore, the win rate is... Abs- Do you know something? You could have a 95% win rate, right? 
and, st- and, and still be an unsuccessful, unprofitable trader yeah. if you let that 5% go wild. So the win rate is actually irrelevant. It's actually the losing percentage. That's what you have to focus on. And now, now on that, I suppose, because I, I, I watched a couple of your videos and I noticed you didn't have a stop loss or did you have one? I just couldn't see it. Or, and is that I, part I, of the, the, the challenge for you in terms of getting out of those trades without letting you know that, <laughs> that 17% get away from you? I, I haven't used a stop loss for years. I experimented them with them. I use a mental stop loss when, because we could talk about this forever. So I'll, I'll just touch on it very briefly. There, there is software out there that actually headhunts stop loss positions, right? It happens. It does happen. There's an algorithm out there somewhere that looks at key levels. It looks at key levels. I understand this. I'm not going to go into it too much because it is controversial. Mm. But it, I, don't, I don't believe in having a stop loss when you're scalp trading. Okay, when you're scalp trading, I do not use a stop loss. When my... When my pattern becomes distorted, I manually liquidate. When I'm intraday trading, I'm looking at it, I manually liquidate. The only time I would ever use a stop loss is if I was swing trading, long-term investing, positional trading, or hedging. I would choose a stop loss there because the chances are it's all going to go to pot when I'm asleep or I'm out on a 10-mile run, right? But I don't, I don't trade those other ways, so I don't even need to worry about that. I only scalp an intraday. So I don't tell my students, don't use a stop loss. What I say to them is, I don't use them. And there's a reason that I don't use them. And that's another topic. You could talk about that for the next two hours. Yeah. So how do, you, uh, how do you manage risk like from a, when you're placing a trade? Obviously, mm-hmm. you, you know, without, a stop, without a fixed stop loss, I suppose, unless you do it mentally, and say, well, that's the, you know, it's 10 pips away or whatever it is. That's where I'm going to get out. How much would you, do you just risk the same amount on every trade? Or how do you manage that so that, like, you know, obviously if you lose one, you don't wipe out all the profits and stuff like that? It's literally, again, the thing about my approach is I was saying we only trade two patterns. And if the setup is not correct, we walk away. So basically, again, I don't want to go into the details of the patterns, but when the pattern forms, and member says to you, I trade the reversal. If the reversal is happening and then it actually ends up being distorted, i.e. the pattern becomes distorted, and instead of reversing or pulling back or recovering, because that's why I trade is the, is the recovery or the reversal, I take the loss. Because what I'm saying to myself is I have to be very disciplined here. If, my, if the pattern that I'm trading forms, yeah, I'll hold on to it and, and take a profit. As soon as that becomes distorted, and the pattern is no longer there. I take the loss like that. I, yeah, it, okay. it's, it's discipline. Yeah, I suppose a better question, it's which might, might give us the answer I'm looking for, is um, if you take a, a profit and you take a loss, what's the sort of like? Let's say if your profit was ten dollars, how much would oh, your loss right, be? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it's one to one. It has to be the same. Right. So your loss would be ten dollars as well if you yes. lose, lose one. Okay. Right. Yeah, because okay. I, I can't. I, I can't say that um, I'm looking for a profit of $11, but I'll only accept the loss of $10. That doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work. It, it, it can't, you cannot be, um, you can't swing it to either side. It, it has to be the same. It has to be one-on-one for me. You know, I can't, I can't expect to make $400, but 
but only accept to lose 200. And the reason that is, is because you have to allow for movement in the market. So if I'm going to allow the mover to mark and I'm going to make $400, I therefore have to allow the market to move. If it goes to the $400, I'm going to take the loss. But have a guess what? I might go to the $250 and then bounce back in my direction. So therefore, I can't say I can take a $400 profit but only a $200 loss because I could get faked out every day of the week. So it has to be one-on-one. It has to be one-on-one. But again, because my win rate is high, as long as, long as I'm disciplined and keep the losing trades on the wraps, I'm going to come out profitable anyway. And and what about like from a preparation point of view, you know, heading into these sessions and because it is, you know, it's very like what would you say? It's it's sort of, you know, it's like going into a, I suppose a, uh, it's almost taking like a golf shot. I suppose it's it's going to happen pretty quick, right? So you need to be yep. mentally prepared and ready to do it. How do you yes. how do you prepare yourself? Um, so it's a great question, actually. It's a great question. So what I used to do was because I was the big macroeconomics guy, I used to watch all the news before the open. I used to listen to the rhetoric, risk on, risk off, as we discussed, um, sentiment, global sentiment, this, that, uh, the, the price of oil, all this kind of stuff. And I used to have a preconceived idea of what was going to happen on the open. So if it, was, if it was a risk on day, I was automatically thinking to myself, yeah, I'm going to go long. I'm going to go long. It's a risk on day. Well, I failed so many times doing that. Do you know what I do now before the open? Listen to music. Right. I listen right. to music. I watch the news because I like to watch the financial news. I don't pay attention to it at all. If if they're telling me that um it's it's a it's a risk on day for whatever reason, I'll just sit sit there and go, great, let's see in the open. What usually happens on the open when you when 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 the whole world is telling you that it's a risk on day because of X, Y, and Z people have a preconceived idea of what's going to happen on the open. So they're already thinking to themselves, it's going to open, oof, it's going to shoot for the stars. Me, I just sit there and go, we'll see. Because yeah, nine times out of 10, what happens is there's going to be a massive sell-off. Yeah. right? And this, this is why I'm telling you that my approach is to trade the reversal. right? I trade the reversal or what I describe to my students, the second part of the movie. So, And the reason that I describe it like that is because if you've never watched the movie before, you've, you've pretty much done it how it's going to end. But if you watch half a movie, you've got a much better idea of how it's going to end. Uh, right? yeah. So this is why we trade the second part of the formation. So like in my community, in most communities, traders will be like, I think it's going to sell off on the open. I think it's going to rally on the open. I think it'll do this. I'll think it'll do that. You don't get that in my community. I just say to my students, Forget about the rhetoric. Forget about the market sentiment. We don't trade the news. We don't trade the risk on and risk off. Forget about the news when we're scalp trading the open. We stick to the patterns. All of that noise, just get rid of it because that's what it is. Mm. It's noise. Forget about the noise. We trust trade the patterns. And that's d- it. Do you have any like sort of uh, mindset advice that you give to the guys that are in your community like around... Uh, and I suppose are most of them only trading the, the doing the scalping, or are some of them doing the swing trading as well? No, it's a, it's a real mixture. It's a real mixture of scalp trading, intraday trading, um, swing trading, and long term investing as well. So it depends on their lifestyle. I, I do have students there that don't scalp trade at all; they just swing trade. 
Um, I have students that just scalp. I have students that only intraday trade. It's a, it's a real mixture, but, but, but it's there. You know, the opportunities are there in my community. Okay. And, and so what, what about if you had to recommend, like, somebody listening to the show, go away and spend the next month mastering this, what would it be? I would say concentrate on one instrument. Okay. Forget about, forget about trading this and that and this and that and this and that. Stick to one instrument. Now, me personally, I personally recommend a future. So I don't care what it is, the Dow, the DAX, the FTSE 100, whatever. Or if you really love stocks, just trade that one stock, okay? But here's the biggest bit of advice I would give you, especially when trading stocks. Forget about the pre-market analysis. Don't bother doing research on, on, on the stock because it's irrelevant, because it's going to do whatever it wants when it opens in any way. So therefore, you have to just trade what you see in front of the screen. As soon as you start to read the financial news on an instrument and it's telling you how wonderful it is or how bad it is, before the market even opens, you've already got a preconceived idea of what you're going to do. Like, you've already convinced yourself, if, if it's really bad news, you've already convinced yourself that you're going to take a short position. Like, the market mm. might be up in 10 yeah. seconds and you're thinking to yourself, fantastic, this stock is doomed, sell. And what happens? It shoots for the stairs and you're sitting there going, what just happened? So my advice is stick to one instrument, master it, forget about all the noise, forget about it. Just mm. trade what you see in front of you. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to it. You can listen to it, but for God's sake, don't incorporate it yeah. if you're scalping. Now, when I say don't listen to the news, it's a different story when you're intraday trading, swing trading, positional trading, and hedging. That's completely different. When I say don't listen to the news, I'm talking purely just about scalping the open. Because it's going to deal with it once and anyway in the first five ten minutes. Yeah, and I suppose it sort of goes also for like you know the, it's the downside of with communities as well in terms of if people are saying oh you know gold's a buy you know it's but but it could be a buy for like you know you might be talking about five minutes and that's a disaster. Someone else is looking for an hour, so it's it's it can be a double edged sword. You know, it can be really useful and then... it's a it's a disaster. And what you'll find in my community is because because we don't have a pre market debate. There's not loads of people typing because what, instead what they do is they log in and listen to me trading live with them. So you don't have the, you don't have the preconceived ideas of what's going to happen. So straight away you're winning. You're, you're winning straight away because yeah. you are literally going into this market with a completely open mind and you're just looking at the screen. You're not listening to the news. And can I ask what happens after the, the 10 minutes of the open and you place your trade, you're in, you're out. Now you, are you now moving into intraday mode at that point? And if the, if the if the setup is correct, yes. If the setup is not correct, I walk away. Right. Okay. I simply walk away. And will you know straight away, like after the first ten minutes, whether or not that setup's gonna happen? No, I mean not really to be honest with you. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It, it just depends. Sometimes I might look at it half an hour after the open's happened and think to myself, I don't like this. I don't like this setup, I'm walking away. Mm. And then two hours later I might open the chart and go Oh, I like this now. Yeah, it just depends. Again, again, I'm just looking what I'm seeing on 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 the screen. I'm not again. I'm not. I listen to the news, but I'm not thinking. Yeah. Like if some bad news comes out, I'm not thinking to myself. Oh, let's jump onto the day and take a short position. Yeah. And this See, is all I, one minute, right? You're only looking at the one minute chart in terms of your entries. On and... on scalp trading, the one minute chart. But yeah. as soon as I look at intraday trading, I'm switching from the one minute to the fifteen minute. Okay. Because the 15 minute is giving me 
it's a better sample of the overall market condition. Yeah. If I'm int- if I'm intraday trading, if I'm just looking for a scalp, the one minute always. Okay, right. Let's jump into some quick fire questions here and then wrap the show up. So, start off with what is your favorite entry setup? My favorite entry setup is is trading one of my two patterns that I can't actually tell you what it is, but there's two patterns that I trade. One of them is my absolute favorite. And if you look on the market open, you'll actually see it, it happens. Every single open happens. You'll actually be able to see it yourself. Right. Um, and uh, what about strategies to exit or manage trades? Discipline, discipline, discipline. You have to stick. If you, if you decide that, I'm just going to take this as an example. If you decide that you're only willing to lose $10, well, then that's what you have to stick to. If, you, if you're going to decide that you're only willing to lose $100, well, then that's what you have to stick to. Whatever your approach is, and you will continue to tweak it slightly, you have to be disciplined and stick to what you said you're going to do. Because what you'll see is eventually you will see a level of consistency. You will actually see a level of consistency. But as soon as you start to allow your discipline to be manipulated, before you know it, you're not even going to know which way is up. You're going to be so confused. Mm. discipline 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 decide on what you're going to do and stick to it awesome now um what about do you have a recommended uh, trading book or resource i have never read a trading book in my life never read a trading book i'll tell you what i do listen to i listen to motivational speakers i don't really listen to a lot of at, at the start of my journey i listened to loads of youtube videos because i had to get educated okay and that's what everybody should do. Everybody that is getting into this initially should go off and do their own, own, own research. And there's loads of information on YouTube, right? Loads, loads of free information. Now, what I recommend is that you do that. But more importantly than that, you actually source individuals that motivate you. So motivational speakers. There's plenty out there. Motivational speakers that have been through the mill have came out the other side and can tell you that there's light at the end of the tunnel motivational speakers is what you should be looking for and who's your favorite as well as edu- um who is my favorite who is my favorite god that's a hard one that's a hard one that's a hard one that's a hard one all right come back to me at the end if you can think of it yeah it might come to you. um what's your preferred hard broker one. and trading platform um so TradeView is my broker as a matter of fact my last youtube video i actually got to interview my account manager with my broker Justin's. So I actually get to interview him on my YouTube channel and it's a very, very interesting video. I recommend that retail traders watch it. Even if you don't want to listen to me talk, fast forward to me. If you don't want to listen to me, listen to him. You need to listen to him. He's got something very important to say. So that's my trading platform, TradeView. Uh, what about sorry? So you don't use C Trader? It's not C Trader. Yes. Oh, C Trader. Yeah, you C Trader. Okay, yeah, so I that's, you, yeah. That's the broker. C Trader. Okay. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just one dollar per one hundred k. You can learn more at HankoTrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to walk us through the worst ever trade you've had? Well, unless it was that oil one that you mentioned earlier, and then you don't have to. It was, it was, it was WPI. 
Oh, right. Okay. It was, it was, it was it oil. Was. That was okay. it. That was it. It, All right, it, it cool. broke my heart. Okay. Right. Well, last question of the show. Um, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? You only fail when you give up. And I'm not just talking about trading. I'm talking about life in general. You only fail when you give up. Now, when I say that, and I'm talking about trading, people will come back and say to me, but I've, I've lost all my money. How can I trade? How can I trade if I've just blown 10 accounts? You can paper trade. You can paper trade for the next six months. And then you can, you can, you can save up $100. You can trade $100 on a platform using leverage. Like it's possible. You're not going to make much money, but you can still do it. So therefore, my, I've been saying this for years. You only fail when you give up. So that's it. You only fail when you give up. And I'm not just talking about trading. I'm talking about everything. Yeah. Fried an egg, going for a run. doesn't matter. The principle is the same. Cool. Awesome. Well, look, uh, before you wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? Um, my Instagram, so sambora.00. Um, also, Eduardo Sambora on my YouTube channel. Um, that's probably the best way. You can DM me or send me an email, eduardosambora at yahoo.com. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Eduardo for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, will be in the show notes below here. To find them, simply search for Eduardo in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, interview done and dusted with Eduardo. Now, if you do want to see what he does on a price chart, go and check out the video we shot on the YouTube channel. Uh, there will be a link in his show notes, so go and find that link there, and uh, you'll find the video. Now, um, other things here. Remember, we've got the Robot Lab Live. We're building out that Lord Bank strategy. You guys can get access to it as well, uh, or join the Robot Builders Club. Learn how to tr- uh, build trading robots uh, like I do, and also you can grab that free robot whilst you're there. Uh, other things, live streams coming up uh, we've got Dovi FX we've got Matthew Todd we've got Koniski along with a few others coming up here on the channel all new guys on the live streams and the Smart Money Concept series as well so tons of stuff happening here on TradingNut guys thanks for watching thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one